Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to the Dave and Dia podcast. Starting at center from Portland, the wily veteran, Dave Deckard. And at guard from Los Angeles, the patron saint of rainbows and unicorns, your podcast MVP, Dia Miller. Welcome back to Dave and Dia, a Blazers Edge podcast. I'm Dia Miller. I'm normally here with Dave Deckard, but he was unavailable this week. So joining me on today's episode is Adam Drexler. Now, if you are a Blazer fan, even if you're not a Blazer fan, if you found yourself listening to this podcast, that name should sound familiar. Uh, Drexler, obviously. Clyde Drexler, um, duh. We've talked about him frequently on this podcast. And Adam is the son of Clyde Drexler. So, hi, Adam. Thank you for, hey. for jumping on here with me. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. So Adam and I met, I was trying to think about this the other day and exactly how we met. I think I found you on social media. Yeah, I think it was uh, a big three game. After that, we just kind of kept in communication and, and, and look at us now. Yeah, and so so after that, I met up with him at a park and he dunked a bunch and I took pictures of it. <laughs> And then um, we hung out a little bit. And then afterwards, I was like, hey, can I interview you? <laughs> and so um, I got to sit down and talk with him a little bit, which I wrote about for Blazer's Edge. So if you've read that, this is Adam. Um, you get to hear a little bit more about him. The, the other thing about Adam, too, that, that we need to make a point of saying is he is also a professional basketball player, hence all the dunking. <laughs> So um, Adam played overseas for a while, and he most recently was playing in the big three. Adam, you want to tell us quickly about that? For me, it was a dream come true. It had been a while since I played basketball in the States again. So getting to play in, in Ice Cube's league of all things with a whole bunch of players that you've idolized growing up, it was a dream come true. You get to do it with with people that you've grown up around. Uh, it's NBA is a family, so... For me, it was like hanging out with my friends every week. Were there guys that you knew from the league going into it on your Definitely. team or otherwise? Yeah, a lot of guys in the league are people that I work out with regularly and, and we see each other all the time. So guys like Rashard Lewis, you got Ricky Ricky Davis, Julius Irving, Iceman, all those guys are like uncles to me. So I see them all the time. So it's really, it's really just like hanging out with your friends. Well, and your dad is the commissioner for the yes. big three, which I actually just learned uh, like a year or so ago. I had no idea. Was that kind of cool to get to to be a part of that? Yeah, it's it's always great when you can do so. There's so few things basketball wise that I get to do with my father because he's done playing. So, right. <laughs> so this is kind of a way that we can share in basketball, me as a player and him on the other end of things. And, and it's really fun that we can run into each other at the games and it, we can't be too friendly because he's a commissioner, but, <laughs> but uh, it's yeah. something that, that allows us to, to spend a lot of quality time together. That's so cool. It's and, and for those of you who are listening, I've talked about the big three on this podcast before because I'm a fan. I think it's such a cool league. And if you have not watched this league, you need to. There's fire. It's like it's half court. So there's a lot of action. There's names that you'll recognize. There's fire. 
there's four point shots. Like it's, it's such a cool, fun, like take on the game of basketball that we all love. Like, it's just such a, was it weird to kind of adjust to different rules and fire? Uh, definitely. definitely. <laughs> I think for me, it, it's an adjustment coming from playing overseas. Um, and then you, you've got rules like bring the fire where if you feel like there's a, a, a wrong call, instead of just, having the referee look at it on a monitor, you play one-on-one -on -one for the call. So it's like playing in your neighborhood almost. So it's a lot of fun. I love that. I think that's the coolest thing. I couldn't get over the, when I first last, last year, I got to shoot one of the games and so I didn't, I didn't know the fire was coming and there it was, and it was actual fire and it, it was, it was really cool. It was really cool. Well, I'm glad you're here. I think, you know, it, you, we're getting you in the late part of summer. So there's not a lot going on. The other thing about Adam is he's still a Portland fan. So we get that side of him today. Um, we've got a few odds and ends of Blazers news to talk about. But Adam, what do you think about the season coming up? How are you feeling about this team going, going into next season? I'm optimistic. The, the reason why I love the Blazers, despite having a father that played in the Blazers and, and growing up in Portland, is that the Blazers always get up and they fight back. And you see that with regular playoff appearances. So uh, this past season being the first time in, in what, nine, nine years not making the playoffs, yeah. um, I think I'm definitely optimistic. Uh, Sean C. Billups is, is a great player and a great coach. So I know he knows both sides of, of the equation. And along with that, we, we, we got some really interesting roster pieces and Dame is going to be back healthy and you can never count them out. Yeah, for sure. I think I, it was, it was rough watching this team last year without Dame knowing that he was on that roster and not playing. Yeah. So I am definitely looking forward to, to a full season of Damian Lillard this year. All right. So a few kind of headlines that we have going on. Ben McLemore and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Ben McLemore obviously was on the team last year. He played significant minutes, especially with the roster the way that it was. And they were not, they didn't come back um, to the team. And they are going to be working out for Golden State so that's kind of exciting. I've been waiting to find out where Ben McLemore might go. I really enjoyed watching his game last year. Uh, I think he's a really fun player. And I actually feel like he'll fit pretty well with Golden State. And well, it's a little hard to watch, you know, Blazers on Golden State. I think he has a shot of being there. And I really hope to see him land back in the NBA again next yeah. season. I think he's one of those players that found himself again and, 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 experienced a resurgence in the league when he first came into the league it was kind of like a, a weird fit kind of trying to find his role and, and now he's come back and found that role as a sharpshooter as a veteran presence and as a solid player and I think there are so many teams in the NBA that that want him he's made himself a, a hot commodity with his three-point shooting and yeah. um, it's a guy that can come in and no matter how many minutes you give him he's always going to produce something so he's valuable and he's really talented and I, I really loved watching him with the Blazers. So Golden State, of course, they 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 want that three point shooting. So yeah. We'll yeah. Yeah. He he seems like he'd fit well there. 
I, you know, this is such a weird time of year because there's all the, you never really know who's on what roster. Like they're going into training camp. You don't know. There's all these, all these contracts that are being announced, but you don't know if they're actually going to stay with the team. And so it's this kind of weird, like who's where. Um, so we'll see who comes out of Golden State and, and who stays. But wherever, I, I really hope he finds a spot somewhere. Yeah. So we'll see. Yusuf Nurkic, have you been following this at all with him? I with have. The... Okay. He's been playing phenomenal. He's looking great. And I think that had me watching him play uh, against France that I was really excited with that. I'm like, okay, I see what he's doing there. And I know with this new roster and this new kind of the way the blazes are constructed now, I know that he's going to have a little bit more freedom to do what he does. And I think a lot of his, the areas of his game are, are underrated to a lot of people like his passing and playmaking ability is great. He rebounds and he can score from pretty much anywhere on the court. So I'm really excited for that. And hopefully Chauncey can find a way to unlock him. Yeah. It's been fun. I'm with you. I think that seeing Nurk just get out and like be Nurk, like again, he didn't play a lot of last season and then he was coming off of being injured before that. And so it's really been a while since we've had a good full Yusuf Nurkic season. And so if he, if this has been any indication, we are in for some excitement with him this season. If you're not following what's going on, Nurkic is playing for his home team of, of Bosnia right now. FIBA, I explained this last week briefly, but FIBA is the worldwide basketball organization. So these are all of the competitions that are happening from country to country. And it's really a cool thing to see. I love watching the NBA guys go and play for their countries. I think it's so cool to get to see like, you know, cause you kind of know some of these guys are coming from other countries, but you don't always realize which countries and like, I don't know exactly what the requirements are. I know that there's specific requirements to play for countries for FIBA. You can't just be like, oh, well, I have 5% Bosnian. I'm going to go represent Bosnia. It doesn't work that way. There's like legit requirements. But I think it's so cool to watch. I know that there's been a lot of talk about Jokic. He's been playing in this as well. There's a lot of players right now representing their countries. Cool stuff from Nurk. I think it's going to be a fun, a fun year. Okay. A couple little odds and ends. So this is where the season gets crazy because we obviously have roster spots that we know guys that are coming back that are returning from the team, guys that they've signed. You know, we have obviously, obviously Damian Lillard, obviously Nurkic. We've talked about those guys. You know, Anthony Simons is coming back and Nasir Little is coming back and all these guys that have been a significant part of the roster. And then we also have brought in Jeremy Grant, We've brought in Gary Payton Jr., two guys that I'm really excited about. What do you think of those guys? I'm putting you on the spot because this wasn't on our list to talk about. But what do you think um, of those guys? Personally, I love – I think any anyone would be happy to have them on their team. Jeremy Grant is a solid defender. He's got length. He's got size, and he can move. He's athletic. And not only that, as we've seen in the past few years, he can score the ball. Just yeah. <laughs> out score. So, Which I mean, is important. Definitely important. So that's going to be a great option to alleviate some of that pressure uh, from Dame to have another player that you can give the ball to and they can go and get a bucket by themselves and create for other players. And then Gary Payton, I mean, I mean, who doesn't want him on their team? I mean, he's yeah. such a great teammate and 
he really brings a winning culture. Anywhere he goes, you see he's making game-winning plays. So yep. you love to see it. Yeah, I think those are two really good pickups. You know, the defense we obviously have been lacking. That's something that we we needed. But yeah, I think these two guys are gonna be fun. I we kind of joke on this podcast because I constantly say that people are fun to watch. <laughs> like it's I say it all the time. They're gonna be fun to watch. But I say that about almost everybody. So it's kind of lost its its power. But really, like these guys are gonna be fun to watch. <laughs> They're gonna be great. So with that, we still, I, I believe we have 14 roster spots filled and one two-way, which leaves us with one roster spot and one two-way. So they're basically during training camp, the guys are going to be fighting it out for those spots and contracts are being moved around and people are being signed for training camp and things like that. When contracts are announced, it's not necessarily for a full season, but some of the names, so Norville Pell was signed for a training camp contract, but he's been waived. So he will no longer be at training camp with the team. But then we've added a couple other names and these are names that I'm familiar with. And I'm excited to hear what you think of these guys. Devonte Kikok. I don't know if that's how you say his name. Do you know how you say his last name? I don't know exactly. Kekok? That sounds right. Kekok? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure how you say it. I mostly read them. Um, so <laughs> I'm not sure. I apologize if I'm pronouncing it wrong. And Olivier Saar. Both of these guys I've shot in the G League. Um, so I've watched them play. And Devonte, actually, this is kind of a fun story. The very first game I ever shot was a G League Lakers game. And I think it was against Golden State. And they he was on the team. And I was so inexperienced. Like, I'd never shot a basketball game in my life. And so Anthony, the guy from Switch Cultures that I was working with, he was like, okay, you're going to go. They'll tell you where to go. Shoot the game. That's the instruction I got. I was like, cool. Okay. So I show up with my camera and I'm like, okay, where do I go? What do I do? So they tell me like, there's a box for me, like a lane for me on the, on the court, which is where I regularly shoot now. I'd never done that before. I'd never been on a, on a professional basketball court in my life. And so I go in to the, to the little box and I stand there at the end of the court. Well, you're not allowed to stand. If you're a photographer, if you're media, if you're, you know, running the, the TV cameras or if you're shooting photos, you have to sit on the court. You can't stand. But I didn't know that. No one told me. So I'm like halfway through the first quarter and someone comes over and is like, you need to sit. Like you can't be standing <laughs> here. And so that was my introduction to shooting a basketball game. But he was on that team. And, uh, and I remember, I mean, he's one of the few people from him and Giannis's little brother, I don't know where he is right now, but he almost ran me over that game. He did run me over, but he like, he like leaped over my head. And those are the two people that I remember significantly about that game. So shout out to sports photographers for risking their life every <laughs> night. Uh, as a player, you, you never really think about it. You never really, when you're diving for a loose ball, no. or you're just running. You never think that like, hey, some of these people are not trying to get stepped on or run over. Right. I appreciate all your, all your, all your sacrifice. It's so funny because I have a list of players that I've been run over by uh, <laughs> because it's kind of funny. Like it's kind of a funny thing. Now the worst one by far was Jay scrub who plays for the Clippers. He like knocked me down like camera flying face to the ground, like 
full blown knocked me down. I have a couple pictures. I have one from that. I have a couple of other guys that I've shot as they're coming at me because stupid me wants to get the picture. So I'm sitting there like waiting till they just run me right over. <laughs> but it's one of those things you don't expect to happen. <laughs> Definitely terrifying. I think every every player should have to sit there and, and, and take pictures of a game just to experience it. Right, right. I initially was like, well, do I die? Like, do I try to get out of the way? But I found that it's better for me to just stay in one place because if I try to anticipate where they're going to go and they're also trying to get around me, then I just end up more in the way. So I just, I just sit there and take it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Devonte, do you know anything about Devonte? Are you familiar with yeah. him? I think he's got good size. He's pretty young, so I think as another young player who's going to be a, a bigger body out there to to kind of give the Blazers a better defensive presence and and just more energy. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm tired of being the little guys on the court. <laughs> like it'll it'll be good for us to get some to get some height. We've played for so long with shorter you know i mean and it's such a funny thing because you're still talking about you know six three six four it's yeah. not short but me it's at good. six six i'm one of the shorter guys on the court it's insane I, I mean that's wild really you never really understand how valuable height is until you get to the pros in college you can kind of make do but in the, in the pros there's just no competing with with a roster full of people that are way taller than you it's just really hard to to go up against something like that so adding any yeah. kind of height on our roster for for the blazers is a great move I'm i excited. agree so we also we also signed olivier sar to a an exhibit 10 deal so i understand the basics but this was actually the first time i'd ever heard that it's a contract that will allow them to sign him to a two-way deal if he gets to that point is my understanding. But again, big guy, he's a center. I'm right. guessing that might be why they waived Norvell Pell um, because we don't need a lot of centers. We yeah, just need Norvell was what, 6'10". Saar is seven feet. So Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, again, a, a move for height. And, very tall. And, and you wish every player, you know, the best because, yeah. first of all, being on any kind of NBA roster is extremely difficult. But... I think with Portland, having height and having people that can – you think about our, our main guys like Nurk and Dame and a lot of our players, but there's a, the other part of the game where, where the bench comes in and having height and having people that can hold down the fort defensively and have a size advantage, it, it helps a lot in the long run. You're 6'6". Six, six. You have long arms, though. Do you feel like your arms are longer than another yeah. person your size? Yeah, actually, it was funny at the the first time I ever had my arms measured in a pro setting was at the Blazers summer mini camp. And oh, we got to talk about that. I forgot <laughs> about that. Okay, keep going. We'll come back. And we're sitting there measuring our arms. And honestly, it was so weird being one of the shorter guys at 6'6 at that mini camp. There's so many tall players. But in terms of arm length, I was, I'm 6'11. So isn't it you know, typically think, your arm? Width, arm, what's that called? Yeah, um, the, you, like arm length should wingspan. be around your height or for, for basketball players, it's a little bit longer. In my case, I don't know what happened. Uh, 
a lot of the Blazers staff are like, wow, Drax, you, you have really long arms. So it definitely helps for me because yeah. I can afford to back off a little bit from defenders and still kind of challenge or maybe get a block off. So long arms is definitely an under, underrated skill. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> underrated we'll call it. Disposition. It's wild to me how many advantages you have in basketball based off of how your body is built. Like if you're, if you're solid, if you're tall, if you have long arms, like if you can jump high, I mean, I guess that's something that can be worked with, yeah. but there are so many things like that, that just you are, or you aren't, and it's an advantage. So you, you got lucky there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I think those are great tools to add to your arsenal, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to heart and uh, I've seen shorter, way shorter guys out jump taller guys for a loose ball or out hustle somebody. It, it just really comes down to determination. And with basketball, I think having both helps. So, yeah, one for thing sure. having a guy like Chauncey Billups as your head coach is he's going to demand that toughness in the same way that he played. So, adding both things, I, I'm, I'm excited to see the effort. That, uh, that goes into this season. We're going to come back to your Blazer training camp. I want to touch on that because I think it's so interesting, especially on this podcast. But I want to get through these. I think we'll kind of end with that because I think that's kind of an interesting thing. But a couple other little things. Blazers-wise, one more thing. Uh, Anisha Curry, the coach that they hired last season, they've parted ways. It's a bummer. I'm a little bit bummed. This is a statement from the Blazers. It says, we recently made the decision to part ways with Coach Curry. The organization appreciates her considerable contribution to the coaching staff last season and in summer league, developing young talent. But we've decided to go in a different direction and wish her the best on her future endeavors. So, I mean, I, I don't think probably anything bad happened. It was obviously just kind of a, a decision that was made. But, you know, I always get excited to see women in prominent positions in sports. And I think that having her on the staff was really cool just from that perspective. I mean, she clearly is good at what she does, but just from the perspective of seeing women in prominent places, that was really cool. So I'm bummed to see her go, you know, again, I hope she lands somewhere else and, and finds a, a coaching position um, with another team. With her, it's something that definitely stands out is first of all, in the NBA, having a coach that played is a huge advantage because they know all of the rigors that you go through as a player and can definitely relate to a lot of scenarios. But having a, a player like, I mean, a, a coach like like Anisha Curry being from the WNBA is, is kind of the same thing. And also she coached overseas and that's the thing I have a real respect for it. Coaching overseas is so different than, than the NBA and it's such a high risk, high reward kind of thing. Play, coaching overseas, it's like, okay, if you, lose too many games, you're getting fired. And it's not like the NBA or like uh, <laughs> yeah. players overseas where you can go and find another team. Coaching right. positions are, are few in number. So her having that overseas coaching experience, along with playing for, I think, the, the Sting, the Mercury, and the, the Sparks, she's got as good a resume as anybody out there. And I, I really hope she lands a, a, a spot somewhere. 
I hate to call it a trend. I don't want to call it that, but I hate, I, I like this direction that we're seeing where we're seeing more and more women that are coming in. There's some realization that they have value in, in their ability and their skill. You watch the WNBA and, and they are insane. Like they're so good. I was just watching the, the aces storm game the other day. And it was just like, you're on the edge of your seat. And I, I even tweeted, I said something about how if you're not watching this, you're missing really good basketball. Like it, it's, you know, you can say what you want about the WNBA, but this is really good basketball. And these women have really good skills um, and they bring a lot to the table. And so I'm, I'm really glad to see more and more women ending up in these prominent positions within the NBA, because there there's, you know, obviously there are men that coach in the WNBA. You see men on, on those staffs. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad to see that, that we're seeing some of that translating um, in the NBA as well. I yeah, think that's a really cool thing. It's definitely something that, that goes both ways. I, I got the privilege of, of hanging out with Michael Cooper all summer for the big three. He's one of the coaches. And he coached in the WNBA. And for me, when I watch the WNBA, I see that it's a lot more X's and O's and it's a lot more based upon positioning and just tactics in general. Whereas in the NBA as a player, sometimes you can get by on just athleticism or, or skill alone. Whereas in the WNBA, everything is approached from an X's and O's position first and then skill later, which makes it only natural that more women would, would transition into being NBA coaches. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really solid point. That was one of my biggest differences, like my biggest takeaways when people will ask me the difference between, you know, watching the or shooting the WNBA versus the NBA. I, and and this isn't this isn't a, a dig on either side. Men and women play the game slightly differently sometimes. In the NBA you see a lot of the guys are pushing through and dunking and it, there's a lot of physicality and there's a lot of physicality within the women as well. A lot of them can't just run through and dunk the ball. You know, I feel like sometimes the guys fall back on that. Whereas mm -hmm. with the women, like they've got to figure out some way to get that ball in the hoop. Um, and so you're right. It's, it's a lot of those, those, the plays and, and the moving the ball and, the, and there's, I, I feel like the defense is different and, and the, you know, the passing is different. It's so, it's just so fun to watch those things happen. Um, and as a woman who has been a part of that league, you bring something different to a men's team, uh, you know, when, when they're used to playing that way. I hope I said that in a way that didn't, because I think both leagues have so much to offer. And I think that both are impressive and fun to watch. So I, I don't, that wasn't a dig on either side. I hope that didn't come out that way. I don't, I don't think so. I think, basketball is basketball no matter how you slice it and yep. you're totally capable of being a woman and knowing just as much about basketball as a man and yeah uh, as a player we can all see and, and playing the game you know what's wrong and what's right and I think that's what got her hired in the first place she's yeah. qualified to do it and I know there's only so many positions in, in a coaching staff so I'm Curious to see who Shauncee decides to, to choose to step up next. Yeah, yeah. So we've got now not only players that we're waiting to hear about, but also coaching staff. So, you know, there's still there's still news to come before the season starts for, for the Blazers. 
Okay, well, that's it for Blazers news. A couple other league-wide things. League Pass, if you are watching basketball games on League Pass. Now, I'm not in Oregon. You're not in Oregon either. So from what I heard, there were a lot of issues with games being broadcast for, for Portland fans. So I can't speak to that. But if you watch games on League Pass their prices are dropping significantly. So for example, their basic package was $230 and it's dropping down to $100. So it's a significant price drop. If you're somebody who watches a lot of basketball, um, especially if you want to watch teams other than just the Trailblazers, this is a, a great opportunity to do that. So just kind of a heads up for people who want to check in a league pass. I feel like that was like a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great though. Like dropping the prices means that so many people who are kind of on the fence about getting league pass are, are now highly considering it now. So it just brings more people to the game. And yeah. so much of it is, is on the internet now to where people might not have time to sit down at their TVs and watch. So having it on yeah. your phone is, is amazing. For sure. Well, and I also think that as the league develops and adjusts and grows and changes, especially right now, it's such a player league where players are are not staying with a team as long. So players that we even like, for, I think a lot about CJ McCollum. My son still is obsessed with CJ McCollum and now tells me he's a Pelicans fan. We're working on that. But he, <laughs> so like for him, and then my other son somehow decided he was a Toronto Raptors fan. I think it has something to do with dinosaurs because when he found out that it was in a whole other country, he second guessed his, his choice. But so I have two kids that like two teams that aren't the Portland Trailblazers and also aren't local LA teams. So if you're in a situation like that, League Pass is nice because you can catch a lot of games of a lot of different teams. So if basketball is the goal, we just, man, League Pass should pay us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, two more things before we talk about your time with um, the Blazers training camp, because that's going to be fun. Danilo Gallinari, who has been, I am such a fan of Danilo. In fact, a couple years ago, when he was when there was talk happening, I was like, get him on this roster. Uh, nobody listened to me, including the front office, and he did not come to the Blazers. <laughs> but I've been a fan of his. He was playing for FIBA, which we talked about earlier for NERC, and tore his ACL, which is just tragic. Any kind of injury, especially one that serious and long-term, is just a, such a tragic thing for professional athletes. From what I've seen, he's hoping that it won't take him out the whole season. I think he's talking about trying to make it back by, you know, partway through the season, but that's a pretty long recovery from an injury like that. Yeah. It's definitely one of those injuries that it puts things into perspective. Being away from the game for that long can, can kind of wear on you, but there's a reason why Gallinari is where he is. I mean, he's, he's a veteran. He's been playing the game so consistently for so many years that teams love to have him. He has played in the NBA for such a long time. I was a kid watching him, so I, I think that speaks to his career. That's a testament to, to him as a player, and I think when he says he, he thinks he can come back kind of halfway through, I definitely believe him because he's he's that yeah. kind of guy. If you don't get to where you are not believing in yourself and not knowing your body, so I'd love to see him back on the court and uh, 
Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a huge fan. And Dave and I talked a little bit last week about these NBA sanctioned events. Like we were talking about Chet specifically and, and the Seattle Pro-Am. Um, but this is another one, you know, FIBA is a, as an NBA sanctioned event. It's, you know, it's an honor for players to get to play for their country um, and represent them. And, and so a lot of guys are doing that, especially when it coincides with their schedule. You know, we, we watched Dame, Dame was on the Olympic team uh, last year. So we've, you know, and, and your dad, got to play for that as well. That's such a cool thing. And like such a, I feel like that's one of those things that like, if that opportunity comes to you as a player, you're going to jump all over it. Like you're going to take that opportunity. So I don't blame him at all for, for playing in that, in that situation. It just is really too bad. He, he was hurt. And a lot of the times it's like, we, we feel the impact for him in the, in the NBA season, but imagine being a fan of the of the country that he's playing for. The, that's your yeah. guy. I mean, for all intents and purposes, he's the LeBron James. So right, I mean, right. it's the impact in your home country is definitely felt twice as much as we feel it watching guys in the NBA. So that's actually a really good point. I never thought about that, but you're right. Like you know, a lot of times people in countries outside of the U.S. are still paying attention to the NBA. And I think especially when there's someone from their country, it's, it's like if you have somebody like from your town that goes to the NBA, like you're paying attention to that person because yeah. they're, you know, it's somebody that you have some sort of connection with. So that's a really good point. I'd never thought about that. But yeah, when you get these guys in there playing for FIBA for their country and often in their country, people are having a really unique opportunity to get to, to watch them play. That's a good point. A really good point. Okay, last big basketball thing before we talk a little bit about you. <laughs> your, your, some of your stories. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell's name has been circulating for a while and a trade has been made. So let me give the details. Okay. Cleveland Cavaliers have traded Colin Sexton, Lori Markinen, and draft picks to the Utah Jazz for Donovan Mitchell. So basically the details are... Cleveland is sending so those players plus Cleveland is sending three unprotected first round picks and two pick swaps. So I wasn't expecting this. I think a lot of people, I mean, there was a lot of talk about him going to the Knicks. Uh, I was kind of waiting for that to be announced. And then this was just, this kind of came out of nowhere. So what do you think, Adam? Is this a good move for the Cavs? Is it a good move for the Jazz? Are the Knicks fans sad? <laughs> I think the Cavs just uh, just made it an amazing move. Donovan Mitchell is a is a star, and I, I don't think a lot of people usually bring him up a lot. I think he he's really underrated, and he's one of those players that he's he's a threat at any time on the court, and he plays well on both ends of the floor. And having him on a team like the Cavs, who's kind of a, a fringe team, adding him to to a, a star studded lineup. You got Darius Garland, you got Jared Allen. And the rookie of the year, I mean, having him on there just made them a yeah, threat at so many positions. Uh, I think they're a team in the East that, that is definitely going to make at least a, a decent playoff run. So I think it was a great move. And for guys like Colin Sexton, it kind of worked out, whereas the Cavs had two point guards. So now Colin Sexton got a, a sign-in trade. I think he signed a four-year deal. So I think that's good for him as a player, and that's – Great for Donovan Mitchell, who kind of needed a new 
setting because yeah. as good as I loved that Utah team and and watching them compete against all these other teams, they're really fun to watch. Yeah. But I think in terms of Donovan Mitchell and taking it to the next level, I, I'd love to see what these Cavs can do. Yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago, we were looking at the Jazz as being possibly the 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 champs, the NBA champs. And, and it's wild what a couple years can do. I was looking at a picture. I think somebody tweeted it of the Lakers roster that won the championship just a couple years ago. And the only people left from that roster were LeBron James and Anthony Davis. <laughs> Everybody else is gone. And it's wild how quickly that can change. But yeah, it, you know, you have, sometimes you have a team like that, that's a contender and they don't quite get there. And then over the next few years, they they break apart. And I think that I think that Donovan Mitchell definitely was somebody that needed a change of pace um, and needed to be somewhere else. I didn't see this coming, but you're right. It's gonna it's immediately a good move for the Cavs. So they're definitely happy about yeah, this move think, for sure. I, I was definitely expecting New York. That was that was I, I, <laughs> yeah. when I saw the Cavs news. I was I was very shocked. So we're all the New York fans. <laughs> yeah. I think with New York, it probably would have been more of a lateral move. I don't know if that that alone would push them over the edge, but adding him to a, a, a stacked roster like the, the Cavs just kind of pushes them over the edge. So I think that's going to shake up the league. Yeah. New York is in a weird place. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do over the next few years because they're going to need to make changes, but I'm not sure they even really know what changes they need to make. It's it's a tricky one, and I like New York. New York is my is my other team from okay. that I like. So I say that as somebody who you know who who kind of hopes to see them succeed. But we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, I think the Knicks. I definitely think they have a bright future. So many so many new players and, uh, are coming into this league, and they're so talented. You, you never know what's going to happen. Maybe they have a star right yeah. now. We don't know it. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you you have guys that a couple years ago no one knew who they were and now they're they're huge. I think about John Morant a lot and just like the the impact he's making and he's so young still. Like he's still so new and there's a few guys like that that just a few years into the league they're really making uh, an impact. But man, when it's your team, 3 4 5 years sounds like a heck of a long time. <laughs> So I remember at the beginning of last season when everybody was talking about how we were going to end up tanking. And I'm like, for the whole year, <laughs> like it's, it's so hard. Yeah, as a Blazers fan, I think, I think as a Blazers fan, we've been blessed to, to never have to suffer that fate. I think the yeah. Blazers have been so consistently good every year to make the yeah. playoffs all the time. I, I, I can't complain as a fan. I, yeah. I love I'd love to see it. So well, I'm and curious I, about this year. And I feel like people don't give that enough credit. Like you talk about the Blazers and people are like, oh, the Blazers. But like they had the longest running. In fact, it was kind of sad to watch them not go into the playoffs because they had the longest running playoff run. That I don't think I said that right. But they were in the playoffs for the longest amount of consecutive years of any NBA team until this year. Like that's that's some consistency and that's something to be proud of. You just need to make it farther in the playoffs. Yeah, that's the next step. Yeah, that's definitely the next step. That's everyone's next step. That's but next in terms step. of that, any argument I've ever had, any sports argument I've ever had with anybody who's given me flack for being a Blazers fan, 
I've always told them, like, what's your team doing? My team makes the playoffs. <laughs> Right, right. Listen, if you're the guy giving Clyde Drexler's son flack about being a Blazers fan, you're on the wrong side of that argument. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you have a solid reason for being a Blazers fan, no matter how they're doing. Yeah. Okay, so on that note, let's talk about you for a few minutes. So you were in training camp. You went to the Blazers training camp a few years ago. How many years yeah. ago was that? Um. Well, that was twenty. 18. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, not, was, not too long ago. Yeah, not too long ago. And then after that was the the Boston Celtics training right. camp. So it was definitely one of my most memorable NBA experiences. I had a few only, but um, it, as the first one was with the Rockets and their summer league training camp. And then in the middle of the summer, after I got back from playing in Japan, I got a call from the Blazers saying, hey, we're having a you know, a week and a half of a you know, mini training camp. We want to invite some some players in from all over and just have them go against our roster and see how we do. Yeah. And, I, and at that first, was, I really didn't know what to expect. For me, that, first of all, any any reason to return to Portland and, and play and put on a Blazers uniform was, I'm sold. Right, but, right. <laughs> but on top of that, it was the most fun I'd ever had playing basketball. Every day, we would just, they put us up in the hotel right next to the practice center and I, you would just wake up, eat great food, and go and just play basketball all day. And you were playing – this is the team – Dame was there, CJ yeah, was there. Was, was Nurk there? Players, a few players were, were out on break. Okay. Dame was there every day okay. um, working out with us. And, yeah, it was, it was just a lot of – a lot of ball players just having a great time. Just Yeah. Uh, there was no ego. And at the time, Coach Stotts, he – he told us, hey, there's there's only one thing we're keeping track of this week, and that's wins and losses. Everything else doesn't matter. And to me, I was like, all right, that's green light. We're just going to play and see what happens. And um, I made sure I was at the top of that list. But on top of that, it was interesting walking into the training facility and seeing you know, your dad's name as the whole back wall. <laughs> Oddly enough, I don't think anyone recognized it. That's first. what I was going to ask. Did, yeah. did people know who you were? Not the first day. I, I kind of just snuck in. Like I went, I went about my routine like everybody else, doing our lifts, getting our shots up, and then we play. And then the next uh, after that, I went back to the hotel. The next day, I came back. I'm walking into the gym. And one of the assistants is like, "Hey, Drexler, uh, <laughs> <laughs> any relation?" I'm like, "Yeah, that, that's me." <laughs> How do you? I, I I feel like you can't miss that. Like the second they see your name, they have to assume something that's not a common name yeah it's definitely one of those rare names so i I couldn't hide it for long but it was funny just kind of waltzing in and no one really knowing yeah i I don't think many people even knew that that i was my father's son or that my father had children i mean i'm so under the radar in terms of that but yeah I, i definitely play basketball and when i showed up i actually made really good friends with a lot of the staff there and all the players were so amazing uh it was just it was something where no one cared <laughs> if I was Adam Drexler. Yeah. It was just, we were there to play basketball. So I had a great time and Portland treated me so well. I love it. If I could go back to that point in time, I would. 
It's such a cool thing, I think, as a Blazers fan to hear that because you always hope that the people that you watch week after week are good people and nice people and whatever. And so I think it's always nice to hear that it was a good experience for you coming in, especially not knowing who you were. So it's not like you were getting special treatment because, you know, because they knew of your dad. Like it wasn't that kind of a thing. It was just who they are and how they and how they function. So I think I think that's really cool. Yeah, and um, enough, one of the people that did kind of recognize me was Dame. <laughs> at the at the end yeah. of the first practice, he came up and said, "Hey, good to see you, man. How's your dad?" Being in an environment like that, where I, I'm in my second year of professional basketball, and having somebody who's like a star, like Damian Lillard, and a lot of these other players that you see on TV in the bright lights just treating you like one of the guys. And when we're all on the same field, just playing, it, it was a dream come true. And, and it really spoke to the Blazers organization, having it be, it felt like a family. So yeah. and that's why I, after that, there was no way I was never, I was never going to change from being a Blazers fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard to walk away from that once you're in that deeply ingrained. And I mean, you could theoretically, we could make an argument for you to be a, a rocket, I'm not going to make an argument, but we could make an argument for you to be a Rockets fan. Is you live in, or you have spent significant time living in Houston. Um, your dad played there. He's from there, if yes. I'm yes. correct. Okay, so so that's it's fair to think that you could, you know, that you could venture that direction. You're not wrong. I, I'm not against the Houston Rockets. I think <laughs> for me, and I'm, I'm always going to have a a special connection with any team that's given me an opportunity. So right. the Rockets, the Celtics, and the Blazers, I'm always going to be cheering for them a little bit. And I love the Rockets, and I know a lot of the people in that staff, and I grew up yeah. around a lot of those people. So they're always going to have a special place in my heart. But I was born and raised in Portland, Oregon. I remember as a kid, my one dream, I was shooting basketball, you know, shooting hoops in the, in the yard and my one dream was to play for the Blazers. So <laughs> that was it for me. That was all I wanted. I, I thought the colors and the logo were the coolest thing ever. I mean, they are. Yeah, they are. So <laughs> I, the Blazers, that was what I wanted. The Rockets are, are really cool. I wish them the best. I love them. The Celtics, amazing. And I, I'm grateful for the opportunity. But Blazers all the way. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Unless yeah, one I of the other teams signs me or something. <laughs> So, so what I'm hearing is that that we are hoping you don't get signed by another team. <laughs> um, so I I'm super curious if this is if if we can do this. I'm super curious what it was like growing up in Portland with the last name Drexler. What was did you notice a difference? Like what was that like? I actually didn't even realize that my father was any kind of famous until kind of around until I was around 11 or 12. I legitimately did not understand what the big deal was. So, you know, everyone, anytime I step on the court, Oh, you, you gotta be just like your father. Oh, we, we gotta see what's going on. Like, Oh, what are you going to do? I'm like, what, what do you mean? Like, I'm just going to bounce the ball like everybody else. And I had no clue there were these expectations on me. So, once I discovered the internet, I went on YouTube and, and Googled my father and started watching clips and then playing Michael Jordan. And I started to realize, I'm like, okay, there's something to this. Now I understand the expectation. That's, that's 
what the big fuss was about. So the fact that you found out that your dad was Clyde Drexler, I mean, I know you knew who he was, but the fact that you found out the significance of that by going on the internet and Googling him is just, that is wild to me and really a testament to your parents and their ability to give you a, you know, somewhat normal childhood despite it, I suppose. But yeah, I think he's definitely someone who, who's never going to try to put himself above anything. He's, he's a normal guy, just like everybody else. And, and that's how he raised us to be, to never think of ourselves above anybody. And I was never pushed towards the sport. Um, I fell in love with it on my own. I hit a growth spurt and the people in my high school forced me to play. So, <laughs> so I had to fall in love with the game by myself. Yeah. And you know, when I wanted to improve and I'm, I'm like, I'm someone who loves to work hard. So I, I wanted to work on my game and asking a hall of fame legend father for his advice. It can't hurt. So right, right. that was the best course of action. Yeah, I mean, that seems like a good plan. It seems like a, a solid a solid choice if you are trying to be a basketball player to ask <laughs> Clyde Drexler for, for his advice. Did you did you grow up playing with him? A little bit. We every now and then after a work we we'd really we'd get our workouts in and then afterwards we'd play a little game of one on one. And my dad is is a really nice guy, but he would never let anybody win in anything. <laughs> So me and my brother, no chance. Um, even to this day, there, he doesn't play games he can possibly lose at. So <laughs> things like ping pong or golf or, or a game of tennis, he's trained weeks and weeks to make sure he's going to beat you when the time comes. And that's a testament to who he is as yeah. a player. So I think Portland was lucky to have him be that kind of person. So. Our childhoods weren't that much different then because when I was a little kid, my dad, who my dad's obviously not a professional basketball player, but he is, you know, in and of himself, a very good basketball player. Even in his 60s, you know, he was going out and playing with a league locally uh, and going out and, and keeping up with, you know, 20, 30 year olds and, and making his shots and whatnot. So and my dad was, was a good basketball player. And when I was a kid, he used to take me to the YMCA with him early in the morning before work, before school. And he'd play basketball. I'm talking kid, like elementary school, junior high. And I'm, I'm as a full grown adult, only five, two. So as a kid, it's not like I was tall. My dad's six, two, six, three. So he's not short. And I, there were days where I did not touch that ball. He did not take it easy on me. I mean that he was, he was, it was like, I was playing a grown man who was good at basketball. Um, and I think to this day, it, it made me better as well to this day, I say that like I'm out playing basketball regularly, but you know, he, he made me a better player because of, of how he did not go easy on me. So, you know, clearly our childhoods were basically yeah. identical. You know, maybe it's a dad thing. Maybe it's just some, some, maybe. something that's just an unwritten rule that I, I was unaware of. But I mean, for me, I never even came close. I mean, he would just, he would dunk on you. He would, put the ball on your forehead and he would be <laughs> he was nice about it he wouldn't talk too much trash but he would he would be instructing you as he's beating you imagine trying to teach somebody something while beating them that's it, amazing it was a spectacle and i think the one time i was around 
15, 16, and I got very close. The score was around nine to, to, <laughs> to five. I just, at that time, I hit like a whole bunch of threes in a row. We were playing one-on-one, and he thought he could get an easy win. And I'm at nine. I got the ball back. I got possession. I'm like, all right, I'm about to beat my father. And he's like, all right, son, let's go home. Game <laughs> over. So, uh, and that was the last time we played against each other. So oh, that's funny. So, did you ever beat him? Um, no. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a passing of the torch. And I appreciate it. I think I'd, I'd much rather have my father be, be honest with me and be as tough as he can when it comes to basketball to prepare me for being great. I mean, if that's what you want to do, there's no better teacher and having his honest and professional opinion is always welcome. So I I think I, I, I really learned a lot from that. Yeah. That's really cool. It's really cool. And just from the time that I've known you and, and heard stories and, and talked with you, you know, you can tell that there's a, a good relationship there. And I, I think that's a nice thing to see. I think growing up, being a fan of that team and of his, you, we always saw him as such a nice guy, you know, just a really genuine, nice guy. And I love now as an adult hearing you talk about him, that that, that really is who he is. Um, and I met him briefly. I don't know if I've told you the story. I think I did. I met him briefly last year at the big three and I didn't realize he was going to be there. And I was sitting on the court and he walked in and sat just a couple yards away from me. Now, I, now I've, I've chilled out quite a bit as I've gotten to be friends with you. Like I, I've, I've let it go quite a bit. Like I've, I'm, I'm way cooler now about it. But I, as a, <laughs> but I mean, I try, but as a kid, like I had a life-size poster of him on my wall, like the, you know, the shirts and whatever. I still, a lot of my childhood pictures that come up have like the blazers and Clyde. And so I'm sitting on this court. This is before you and I had ever had a conversation. Um, and I'm sitting on this court and he walks in and sits on in the seats, just like right across from me, like a few yards away. And I just had this moment of, and I, I mean, I've, I've shot players before and, and I've, it's never been a huge deal, but I just had this moment of, oh my gosh. And I thought if I do not get up and go over there right now, I'm not going to do it. So I just, without thinking, just put my camera down, <laughs> walked over and I sat down next to him and I said, hi, Clyde Drexler. I'm Deandre. You don't know me, but I know you. And I don't remember another thing that I said. I'm pretty sure I didn't speak properly. Um, but he was kind and just, I mean, really, of, of the players that I've met, he was he was very kind and gave me his attention and his time and um, just a really, really, you know, really cool. So, um, and, you know, now knowing you, I, I can attest to the fact that you are a kind human being. I'm sure you get that from somewhere. So... <laughs> It's, you know, it's just, it's a neat thing, I think, to see what I thought as a kid to be true. For him, he's, he's always been about what he said he's been about. He's, he's a, he's such a kind hearted person and he's also a competitor. So it's kind of the best of both worlds when you can play for the love of the sport, but also at the end of the day, realize that there are bigger things on this earth going on. And, um, that's how he raised us, and it, it doesn't hurt growing up in Portland, Oregon. 
where we're over there hugging trees. And <laughs> I think um, the combination of the two just just makes you really appreciate having somebody like that as a father figure. So yeah, it, he made it really easy for us. That's really cool. Well, Adam, I appreciate you being here. This is not going to be the last time that we hear from you about the Blazers. Tell us where we can find you on social media, Instagram. Yeah, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, all, all those things. And um, thank you so much for having me. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Tell us where on Instagram, like what's your oh, yeah. handle on it? Yeah. Instagram <laughs> handle is DrexGlides2. Like, and is, is, is Drex it Glides also too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I never made that connection. I get it. I, thought, I just thought it was, okay. Yeah, That's and cool. it's the same on Instagram and Twitter. And I am determined to get Adam tweeting. I, I, he, Twitter, I've been telling him how cool of a community Blazers Twitter is. So if you are on Twitter, go follow Adam and tweet at him so that he is forced to answer. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I'm always open. Uh, ask me anything. I'll definitely respond. So Adam, I, I really appreciate you being here. You know, it's always, it's always fun to, to talk to you. I think you've got some really interesting insight as obviously growing up with, with Clyde, but also as a player yourself, um, I think you, you just always have a lot of really interesting insights. So I appreciate you jumping on here with me tonight. Anything else you want to say? Oh, just thank you so much for having me. I could I could cross this off my list of lifetime achievements. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, it's quite a podcast we have here. I talk to the Blazers fans. I mean, that's who, who doesn't love that. So yeah. Uh, yeah. anytime I get to do anything remotely related to the Blazers, I, I'm always down for that. So the, thank you so much for the opportunity. Absolutely. We were joking about this the other night because I jumped into a Twitter space that was a Lakers Twitter space. And I said, I don't even know what I said. And they were just going after everybody. And I, I was laughing because you go into Blazers spaces and everybody's like polite and nice <laughs> and like takes turns. And so Blazers fans really are, I, I mean, I'm convinced that Blazers fans are different. We, we've yeah, got a special, special group of people, so. All right, well, I don't know how to close this. I never do because Dave always closes it. So uh, thanks for listening. We'll do this again sometime. <laughs> See y'all later. A hater sees an opening down the lane, moves towards the hoop, but then Dia comes out of nowhere to swap the shot attempt away, saying, get that weak stuff out of here. Dave scoops up the loose ball. Now it's a fast break the other way with Dia. She's flying down the court. Dave sends her an alley-oop. She jams it. Boom, shakalaka. Cloud is on his feet saluting Dia. I tell you, if she isn't the rookie of the year, they really ought to just stop giving the award. What a talent! <laughs>